0: Hello World, and welcome to Friday's edition of Hello World. My name is Matt Sokup, and I'm joined today by one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Donna Sarkar. Hello!
1: He just has to say that just saying I'm absolutely not one of his favorite people, late for everything. That's wrong, Um, that's wrong. Matt, what did you think of last week? We had kind of a big event.
0: We did, we did. Ignite, it was on fire, it was hot. Uh I loved it. So Donna, what was some of the most surprising surprising things that happened this week for you? For me, well, I think the most surprising was I learned how to read a teleprompter.
1: Um, I have dyslexia, so learning to read a teleprompter while dyslexic with a bunch of lights on me was a terrifying experience. But I documented this crazy hack that involves immersive reader and rundown creator and narrator. It was a problem. But once I learned to read the teleprompter, I was able to actually kind of enjoy Ignite. Um, I would say my three top announcements that I was really surprised by was, of course, Mesh, um, the mixed reality shared service. Second one was RPA for, I guess it's called Power Automate Desktop. So robotic process automation for Windows. It is free with your Windows E5 and E3 license. So if you are a Windows Pro user, you can download um, Power Automate Desktop for free right now. And it rolls out to insiders, you know, at some point in the next few weeks. So give it a shot. There's a bunch of like really, really cool things there. And the third one is of course, the Excel data language, Power FX, is now open source for the world. Yep. So it's, did you know it's the most popular programming language in the world? There's like a billion
0: users. Is it? I I didn't know that but that was my second favorite announcement from yeah. night, Power Effects. And it's yeah. like it's like it's like Excel. I mean if you know Excel language you're going to know Power Effects.
1: Exactly. And it's,
0: you're going to be up and running in like 2 minutes and you're right at home and it's open source which is super yeah. cool and it's going to be across all power languages or all power platforms now right not just Power Apps.
1: That's right. It's going to be in Power Virtual Agents. You can use it in Power Automate. You can use it in all kinds of just new and interesting ways. And it, this is just the beginning, so can't wait for that. Um, pro tip, there's going to be an ask, ask the Expert session on it that I'll be hosting um, in the next week or so. So if bring send us all of your questions, like drop them here in the chat. I'm looking forward to really asking all the hard questions to the product owner because I know a lot of you have lots of concerns and questions about it. So Matt, what was what were the announcements that you were surprised by?
0: Well, um, I shouldn't say super surprised, but one of them that I was really happy to see and really, well, it's a new version of Visual Studio. Um, mm-hmm. So we have Power, we have the Power, which is Citizen Devs, and then you have Visual Studio, which is what we're calling Pro Devs. And there's right. a new version of Visual Studio out there. And there's mm-hmm. just a couple of nice tweaks about it that really are super nice with your productivity, let's just call it productivity. And um, it's using directives. If you're coding along and you want to paste uh, some well code, the using directive is automatically added to you, like for a namespace. And before you kind of had to go through and figure it out yourself, not anymore. Visual Studio is getting super smart. Pretty soon, it will be writing your code for you. And also, if you want, if you're doing some coding on Windows and you're using Linux, you like Windows, you like Linux, you're using Visual Studio, but you want to debug on Linux, you can now. With Linux subs- or Windows subsystem for Linux, you can debug for Visual Studio in Linux. That's amazing, all this stuff going on, super I cool.
1: And you know what's wild, is this was our second Ignite of like the fiscal year. So people are like, oh, I'm less productive in a pandemic. And I'm like, really? Cause we really still <laughs> sell products and our customers are very busy, very busy. Um, and- okay. So of course it's Friday, so we've got a jam packed half an hour. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next up, we're gonna talk to Betsy Weber and about what exactly is a regional director? I kind of know, but I also don't know. So I'm very interested to hear her take on what the regional director program is. How does one become one? Who are some graduates of the regional director program? Then you Matt are gonna talk to um, Scott Stanfield, I believe again.
0: About. Yes, on 24 Hertz So we're going to talk about Cheetos and then after that, Student Ambassadors. That's right. And, and after that,
1: Diego's Wall. And then Diego's Wall. So tons of fun surprises today, so you want to stay tuned because you never know what's coming up. All right, so next we've got Betsy Weber talking about what is the Mysterious RD program. Betsy, you here?
2: Hi, my next guest is one of just 197 Microsoft Regional Directors that are based around the world. Many of you may know my next guest from his very popular podcast, .NET Rocks. Welcome to the show, Richard Campbell.
3: Thanks for having me on, Betsy. Excited to be here.
2: So you are the first current Regional Director that is on Hello World. And I'm guessing a lot of our viewers may not know what an RD is and what the difference is between an RD and an MVP. Can That's you give fair. me some insight?
3: Uh, well, the thing to know about a Microsoft regional director is we don't work for Microsoft, we don't have a region and we don't direct anything. Uh, it's actually a really old uh, identifier for an earlier time in Microsoft in the 90s. The name's never really been changed. The thing to know about RDs really is that we're, we're influencer types, Uh, tend to have a strong business focus, and also emphasize the cross-platform view. So While we're big on the Microsoft stack and we do a lot there, we're also very familiar with the other ways that uh, applications are built and technologies are used. Uh, This is different from an MVP in the sense that an MVP is very focused on a Microsoft product, and uh, they participate heavily in the community, they help others be successful with it. The way to think about it is the MVP is an award, and the RD is an unpaid job.
2: <laughs> all right. So, what's great about being an RD besides getting to work with me?
3: Well, oh, it's absolutely a feature to work with you. Uh, you know, fundamentally, it's an extraordinary group of people, and we're all participating in certain communication lists and, and uh, ch- opportunities to get together. And it's just sort of this realization in those, those conversations on those lists that the senior leadership of Microsoft are, are reading and sometimes participating. You know, once in a while, you see Satya pop up and have a conversation.
2: That's amazing. So, Richard, is it true that you've made over 2,500 podcasts?
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I joined .Net Rocks with Carl back at Show 100, and we're at about 1780 now. And I also make a separate show for IT pros called Run As Radio, and there's about 760 of those. And for a brief interval, we made a show called the tablet show, we made 140 episodes of those between 2011 and 2014. So, yeah, a lot of podcasts.
2: That's amazing. So, with your listeners now, primarily probably working from home, what are you seeing change or that's different with your listenership?
3: Well, a lot of folks listen on their commute. So, when the commutes all stopped, we actually diminished a bit in listenership, but it popped back up after a month or two. I think everybody ran through all their Netflix content and we're kind of out. And so the demand for shows are really high. You know, we live in a community and it's been hard to connect with that community. So maybe the voices and the the stories that we can gather together help folks stay connected.
2: All right, Um, so I'm always personally looking for ways to volunteer and give back to my community. And with COVID, that has made things a little bit more difficult. Tell me a little bit more about Humanitarian Toolbox and how I can get involved without even leaving my house.
3: So HTBox is a charity we put together a few years ago to build software to help with disaster response and, uh, dis- and disaster preparedness, all open source running in the cloud. Our current project is called Two Weeks Ready, and it's this idea that in a major disaster, you and your family may be able to support them so- yourselves for about two weeks. And so we've worked with disaster relief professionals to help you get prepared. So we're building an app that focuses on using smartphones and cloud to be able to keep that preparedness list, all the things you should have in your home for your family members, medicines, pets, so that you could take care of yourselves for two weeks. And then the tricky bit is stuff like being able to synchronize that across all the phones in the home. So, contact information, all those little details you're gonna need and don't wanna try and download after a disaster. So, the idea is to preload the phone with the things you need to know. You know, just this week there was a major earthquake down in the South Pacific and New Zealand was under a tsunami alert, and that would be the time where you wanted to know what's your family's plan around the tsunami, how you would respond to that. So getting that prepared in advance and having it on the phones at all times so that when you need it, it's ready for you, that's key and that uh, could save some lives.
2: Oh, well, thank you so much, Richard, for making the world better and safer. And I, I appreciate your insights. So Matt, I hope that answers your questions about the regional directors. It sure does. and. As a former
0: MVP, being a regional director is always something I aspired to, but now that I know it's just an unpaid job, I'm I'm (laughs) glad I just kind of stayed at the MVP level.
3: Well, one of the things about (laughs) RDs is when you're doing the things that RDs do, we'll ask you to be an RD as well. It's a tricky role, but it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it sounds that way. Well, so thanks a lot, Richard. That's, I mean, I'm really happy that you're, you're an RD. Perfect, perfect example of being one. Thank you. So we now are gonna talk to a former regional director, and Scott Stanfield with 24 Hertz. Hey, Matt. Hey, Scott. Hey. Uh, last week, or during this week, we saw the Balance robot that you showed up last week during Ignite. Yeah, yeah, this little guy.
4: Um, yeah, it was on... Uh... Mitra gave a, a really great uh, session about innovation at Microsoft AI, and our CVP, Gertie Paul um, did an inter, interstitial segment when we went to this. Um, but I, I still have this word in the back of my head, which was tsunami, Richard. Um, I know you're Canadian, but that's, I think that's the first time I've heard a Canadian word that, that we would pronounce tsunami, so maybe we'll talk about that later. Um, I, I was While Richard was talking, I have to ask, I've been on nine shows, including number 11, in 2002. So that .NET rock show has been on for a long time. And for to be a former Microsoft regional director with Richard and the crew that's out there now, it was, it was quite an honor, but I've, I've been able now to come into this world with autonomous systems related to what we talked about at Ignite, and do something very different. And it's taken me out of my comfort zone. It's something that we'll be, we'll be talking about more throughout, throughout the season, but it's this robot that was shown at ignite and this is a sample, think of it like a sample application for development, but how programmers might work with engineers to develop autonomous systems. Um, so I've shown this off before, but, but there's something
0: here that you may recognize in the in the background. So yeah, Scott, I just wanted to ask you about that. We have an orange pink plumb ball. We yes. have Cheetos in the background. I mean, other than tempting me, yeah. Can you give us a give us the lowdown on that? I've
4: been, I've been eating these all day. So, so bear with me, and I'm going to try to make this really unusual connection between uh, uh, this, this robot, or mechatronics, and the creation of this, this uh, snack, which I love. Um, and a lot of you might, too. Uh, the, the, the continuous feedback control system for Moab, it's just a camera that finds the position of the ball and through this brain that we've trained, um, in the conditional feedback, uh, the, the feedback loop tells us where to move the plate to achieve our goal. And our goal is to keep the ball in the middle without falling off the plate. And it does it at 24 hertz. So we're always looking at to where the ball is, what change do I need to make to the plate to move the ball in the middle? And it's a mechatronics control problem. Uh, we're going a little bit beyond it. But the idea is that if we learned this, we can take these same skills into this manufacturing space, like what we did for Frito-Lay and Pepsi. So earlier this week, um, there's a really good article that we have a, a link to from uh, from from one of the uh, from our web partners. Um, where There's a story about how this works, and so if you think about the way a Cheeto's made, it's cornmeal. So there's cornmeal that has water injected into it into a giant extruder. So an extruder is like a big Play-Doh machine. Like you know, you put put the stuff in the Play-Doh and push it down squeezes the cornmeal through. In this case, it squeezes it through a spiral. And as it's going through the spiral, the space inside gets smaller. And when you squeeze it down, you create friction, which heats it up. So as it's heating up, it's cooking it. Um, and it's really increasing the pressure. So when it comes out the other end, it pops out and gives it this distinctive uh, texture. So think about this this loop, The, the it's a function. What goes in is cor- is well cornmeal, a feed rate, and water. What comes out the other end uh, with this chopper that needs to chop this thing off. Um, it's a very highly engineered product. Uh, the number of variables that go into making this thing consistent um, could relate to the steam pressure, uh, the, the, the cornmeal variation, like where it was grown. And so what looks like a straightforward problem becomes another control problem. And we worked with uh, Free Delay to analyze the, the data in the, in the plant. But instead of having to make a decision as to should we back off the steam based on the, the, the quality of the product, we can make some adjustments as we go to create this great Cheeto product. Now, I have the really spicy ones over there. I have to admit, I have learned my lesson not to eat the spicy ones. But if you want to follow along some more, we have some links that you can follow and read about the story and see how you can learn how to make this connection from the world of software and AI and bring it into this world of autonomous systems.
0: That's an amazing, it's an amazing story how you can uh, bake Cheetos by just putting them under pressure. So what do we have pressure. next week?
2: Mm.
4: I'm gonna take ah. us back to the hello world of electronics, the uh, LED, and wh- where do we go from a software perspective? Something simple, so seemingly simple, is to light a, an LED with a DC current, but bring it up into a microcontroller space. Because um, the idea is we wanna read sensors and activate other machinery. So.
0: Stay tuned. See you oh, next I week. love it. Super cool. So Donna, what else do we have?
1: Uh, I'm always impressed that y'all are always blowing stuff up. That makes me really happy. So that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> that's speaking do. of blowing stuff up, last week, we blew it up, like that transition, um, with the Student Ambassador Summit. And I'm not gonna give away all the deeds. Instead, I would love to invite Chloe Condon to the conversation, who was one of our hosts, to talk about what is a Microsoft Student Ambassador anyway? for the summit last week. Chloe, you here? I'm here. Okay, so tell us, everyone wants to know, first of all, what is a student ambassador in the first place?
5: Okay, long time no talk. Donna, I feel like you've been everywhere. You've been at the summit, you've been at Ignite this week. So hi y'all, I'm Chloe Condon. I'm a cloud advocate that works on our academic team, which means I get to work with all of the future leaders all around the world who um, are working in our student communities through universities, online and beyond. And that includes working with our Microsoft Student Ambassador Program. And Donna, what a great and timely question. As you mentioned, we just finished our Microsoft Student Ambassador Summit. And uh, as you know, the Microsoft Student Ambassador Program is a community of incredible students all over the world who get to work together at their universities, at their campuses to help educate, learn, and make a difference in their local communities. You know, in a lot of ways, they're kind of like mini cloud advocates, which is the Mm. team that Donna and I work on. And as um, a cloud advocate on our academic team, I have the pleasure of working with these incredible students as my job. And I'll tell you, These are smart students making huge impacts in their community. And by working with Microsoft, we're able to provide our student ambassadors with the tools they need and the steps that they need to learn in their communities to be a good leader. And now with virtual learning, our program is fully online and it's easier than ever to make a difference.
1: That is so cool. Um, So what are some examples of specific activities that a student ambassador would do like on their campus or I guess virtually on their campus?
5: So, so, so many ways that they're getting involved. So Mm -hmm. as we mentioned last week, we had the student ambassador summit where All of our students in the program joined us for a full day of learning from Microsoft employees, including you. I got to watch your talk. I took a lot of notes. (laughs) Um, But being an MSA doesn't just mean fun events. Just like you said, there's things happening all the time. Um, We have Extra Credit Club, where our students are learning from folks in the community with talks and Q&As, League Involvement, where our students can focus their efforts in spaces like green tech. We have Seth on the show recently. Um, Tech and education, hackathons, mentorship, and basically learning the skills to land their dream job and to become an influential and impactful leader and a tech insider. So we're talking the future Donna's here, the future Donna's of the world. We're going to be out of a job because of these student ambassadors. I love
1: it. I'm like, she's out of a job. That would be amazing.
5: And so. just like you mentioned, they get to pay it forward by sharing their expertise, getting out in their community. Um, be, that's all online now, of course, but by doing online events. So you not even don't even get to just learn from the mentors. You get to become a mentor yourself in a way.
1: What a great way to stand out and putting that on someone's resume saying like, not only did I go and get like a computer science degree or business degree or whatever, but I also, you know, helped teach 500,000s of people and that talk about a resume builder.
5: I'm kind so of jealous.
1: <laughs> you did not have those. Um, so are there any benefits or is this yet another unpaid job like being an RD? Oh my gosh, again, so cool. jealous of
5: these students. Um, <laughs> They get access to all of these unique resources, like first of all, our global student network on Microsoft Teams. Um, They get a Microsoft 365 account. They Ah. get to earn badges um, for activities and contributions to unlock additional benefits like cloud credits, super valuable. Mm-hmm. And they also get free access to best-in-class apps, Microsoft 365, PowerPoint, Excel, cloud services like OneDrive, Microsoft Teams. Um, we also give our students a Canva subscription so they can help make content to make that really, really, or sorry, not Canva, a Camtasia subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also comes with a Visual Studio Enterprise subscription. So, can it get any cooler? I'm so jealous.
1: <laughs> no, I know I'm jealous too, because seriously, when I was a student, I was like, oh my God, meet, must pass CS 900 and graduate. But there's they're so much more prepared for like an actual job with real networks and actual tangible skills like they know what Azure is versus like C++ and that's it. So I like to call it cool.
5: Microsoft skills. I'm going to trademark that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. I really like that. That's cute. Um, so who can be a student ambassador? like other than you know, you know who who we expect do they have to be graduating this year can they be first year
5: we unfortunately know. we cannot apply you have to be 16 years old at the time of submission, be enrolled as a full-time student, have valid mm-hmm. identification. Um, if you quickly do a Bing search of Microsoft Student Ambassadors, you can find all of the info online. And I can't wait to get new Student Ambassadors. I truly feel like Whitney Houston, like, I believe the children are future. <laughs> These are some inspiring students out there.
0: <laughs>
1: hey, Matt, did you hear this? Did you know all this?
0: I didn't. I didn't. I did not. It's like the student ambassadors are the people who not only will be our bosses, but they are gonna be our future MVPs too and it's future I RDs. I love it. It's I love it. Oh yeah. I'm jealous too.
1: I'm I hear you've got jealous. one more surprise for the show today, Matt.
0: I do. We're gonna mm-hmm. jump into that mysterious wall mm-hmm. with Diego. Hi Diego. So we hey, us. Remind us
6: who you are and why are you here. Thank you, Matt, and thank you, Donna, and hello, world. My name is Diego. I am broadcasting live from Seattle, Washington, in the United States, uh, the Microsoft headquarters. I am here in my office. Uh, For those of you who don't remember, I had the honor to work for Microsoft for almost two decades, many different products, and throughout that journey, I've been able to build this wall, construct this wall behind me. And it's full of ideas and concepts and wisdom and anecdotes and stories and inspirational quotes and photos and colorful papers. And I use this wall to nurture my own sense of wonder, but I also use it to share my sense of wonder with you, Matt, and with you, audience. We are going to get through every single post you have on that wall.
0: But which post are you going to share with us today?
6: Yes, today I'm going to zoom in to a particular one that I really like. It's a quote that I first read on a book called The Fred Factor. Really good book. I'm going to point to it right here. And it says, success is built on relationships. And what does this mean? Matt, I'll tell you what it means. Uh, look. Turns out that if you want to accomplish anything big, you need friends. You can't do it alone. You can, you can do small things alone. Is that your cup of tea? That's great. Do small things alone. But at the moment you want to do something big, a big impact, a big accomplishment, a big project, build something big, you need help from others. You need friends. Uh, you need trust with others. So this is true at Microsoft in life, but also at work in companies like Microsoft, this, this corporate environment, this tech environment. And everybody wants to have friends, everybody wants to make friends. But you know the best way to make a friend is to be a friend. So um, we have so many people at Microsoft who have deep expertise on many topics, and you know, deeper expertise doesn't matter as much as your attitude. <laughs> That you have towards others, you know? There's a quote I love that says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And uh, so attitude trumps expertise any day. So that's pretty much what I wanted to share today. Um, success is built on top of relationships.
0: So Diego, do you have any calls for action
6: then based off of,
0: based off of this?
6: I do have a call to action. I have homework for you, Matt, and for the audience. Um, You know, there's this guy named Jim Rohn. He's no longer with us. He was a great motivational speaker. And he introduced this famous concept that you are roughly the average of your five closest friends. And science has shown that that is true, that attitudes and behaviors are contagious. Like there's studies that have tracked societies and communities through the decades. And they found that things like Drinking alcohol is contagious, or smoking or stopping to smoke is contagious, and happiness and unhappiness is contagious, and, and marriage and divorce and having kids, all these things are contagious, depends on who you are most exposed to. Uh, so, what I would say, call to action for you is use this next week. To find someone inspiring that you want to get close to, you want to connect with, someone you don't know, or someone you know that you haven't connected in a long time, and reconnect with them, invest in that relationship. Now, do not ask them anything. This is not about asking them for favor. This is about building the relationship. Remember, to make a friend, be a friend. You're making an investment in your future success, in their future success. You build the highway, that's the relationship. And then success can happen after. So it's not wasted time. It's productive. You inv- rebuilding relationships must take time. So you invest in a relationship and down the road, that enables success. I hope that was I helpful. Uh,
0: totally helpful, Diego. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, success and building relationships is not a transactional um, investment. Right. It's just like I always believe that you help first. And you don't expect anything in return. Um, you're just doing it for you're doing it for I guess for your heart and just to feel to help. Who cares what happens? You're just you're putting stuff out there. So one
6: last, yeah, one, last, one last thing on this, which is at Microsoft, we changed the reward system, how we reward employees eight years ago. It used to be you get rewarded for your accomplishments, but now even more important is how much have you helped others? How much have you asked others for help? Asking for help when you're in trouble sometimes is harder. We have a lot of pride. <laughs> we think we can figure it out. No, ask others for help, Help, but that is on top of a relationship. So thank you and I'll see you on Monday.
0: Thank you, Diego. Thank you. So Donna.
1: So I like this a lot. This one was super relatable, Diego. Thank you for for sharing that, because I feel like this entire week, especially and last week was all about this theme of relationships and relationships are the reason that we achieve anything. If you're applying on a website for your first job, that's how you get it. But if you're applying on a website blindly for any other job, don't apply for that job. If you don't know the people you're gonna be working with and know people at the company or know what you're getting into, do not take that job because you wanna have a good relationship with people before you dive into these random opportunities. That's always worked out really well. And I'll share that um, I spoke at the student ambassador summit last Friday and I told them my secret to relationship building which is the five finger thing, which is you give, you give, you give, you give again, and then you ask. But you never ask people for something. You don't ask them to write you a reference letter. You don't ask them to introduce you to someone until you've given at least four times. You would never take money out of a bank until you put in way more money than you're going to take out. So I love that theme so much. And I feel like it's really transcended throughout all of the topics for this week. So um, I would like to give a huge thank you to Diego for joining us. And to you learn tv audience i hope you're enjoying the show we're really enjoying creating it and bringing forth all of these like fascinating guests and having these topics that we usually don't talk about so if you if you have other ideas or requests please drop them in the chat because we are looking right our producers are like copiously taking notes on what you're saying and what you want to see more of so we really want this daily show to be a familiar thing for you a place where you feel that you can connect and build relationships with friends who you have this ongoing dialogue with every single day, forever and ever and ever. So it, we're nearing the end of our show. And you know what that means. It's time to stay tuned for the next thing on Learn TV. And Matt, don't tell Seth, but his show's kind of okay. So, um, next up, this is true. Next up, we've got the AI show live with Seth Juarez and his jokes are atrocious, like truly atrocious, but the actual AI content is pretty good. So thank you so much for joining us. We will see you Matt and I next Friday, same time, same place. Hello world. Bye.